You're listening to episode 136 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with Eric Goss. My eldest daughter is actually a really good student, and I was talking to her about the fact that, you know, it's easy to get sort of um, hung up on performance. And I just talked about for me, like, like the big thing is, you know, me as financial security is being a provider for our family and, you know, making sure that we make enough money and making sure that the company succeeds. And, and I, you know, I communicated, you know, one of the idols, one of the things I struggled with as a kid um, and even as an adult is, you know, money. And, um, <laughs> and she turned to me and she said, well, daddy, um, God loves us and our family has love. And, and even if things didn't work out financially, I, you know, I know we'd be okay because we love each other. Mm. Um, and, and I almost, I started crying because mm. there was sort of a sense of here's my daughter who's picking up on this story that I'm trying to communicate about Christ and his love for us. And she's basically telling it back to me. Did I get you already? Oh, my stars. I'm just a father and a daughter gets me every time. Eric Goss is the co-founder of Jelly Telly, one of my favorite sponsors and people to work with. And he is on today to help us talk about media and the power for good it has in our family, how we can use it to shape the conversations in our home, how we can help our children grow in imagination, how we can give them a strong base of faith, so that they can go out and do amazing things as the world is constantly changing. But before we get to my chat with Eric, I want to let you know that I'm going to be releasing a little bonus podcast episode today, giving details about the GCM Podcast Club. What is it? How do you sign up? What's the point? And who came up with this idea? Well, it's Carla Goodwin, your fellow podcast listener. She shares how she's been using podcasts with her small group and how much they've loved it. But before we get to all of that, let's give a shout out to the amazing Jelly Telly sponsoring this week's show. Looking for a fun way to help your kids learn about Jesus? Well, check out the Jelly Telly app to stream new and classic Christian shows for kids. Do you remember the silly songs with Larry? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Well, share your love of old school Veggie Tales with your kids. Watch them together or feel great. You can just hand them your phone and know they're going to be watching safe shows that all point back to God. Jelly Telly is so easy. You can watch it on your phone, tablet, computer, or your TV if you have iOS, Android, Kindle apps, plus a new Roku channel. So try a free month of Jelly Telly. Go to GodCenterMom.com backslash Jelly Telly and use the coupon code GodCentered, all caps. To get unlimited streaming of your family's favorite Christian videos and movies. All right, let's get to my conversation with Eric. Here we go. Hey, Eric, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this topic. I think it's really important. I don't think we talk enough about the influence of media and uh, what our children are coming up against and our roles as parents in all of this and drawing our kids and helping them know about the kingdom of God. So I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. And with all my guests, I'd love for you to introduce everyone listening to your family. Yes. So I've been married 21 years um, uh, to my wife, Lisa, and we have three girls. Uh, we got a little bit late start in life because we wrestled with infertility for five or six years. Mm -hmm. And so we have three girls, um, that are 12, 10 and eight. Okay. So it's Greta, Elena and Gabby. Love that. Love that. Those, those girls. I mean, I got the four boys. 
Yeah. And only yeah. we could. Only we could. You know, work something out for them. So you. Well, I was. Uh, I was avoiding boas this morning. Feather boas. So. <laughs> totally different from my house. I'm dodging yeah. Nerf bullets. I'm, yeah. Exactly. I'm like repeating do not throw balls in the house please do not throw balls in the house please pick up your legos those are my words yeah, yes very different you probably have barbie shoes or other things that exactly exactly that you step on so you are a part of starting this jelly telly option for us how did you get into that what was your story and why why were, were you passionate about it yeah, I think I think there's kind of there's there's sort of two storylines. So one one is uh, what I call kind of a business storyline, and and the other would be you know kind of a, a personal sort of you know storyline, kind of my own spiritual experiences. And so on on, on the business side, um, I actually I actually spent seven years working at Amazon in the early days um, from 1999 to 2006. And while I was there, I've always had the technology background and really been involved in digital media. And I actually launched the first um, ebook store at Amazon and was involved in a lot of their corporate digital media initiatives. A lot of what we see kind of coming to full fruition today. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, it, as I had the opportunity to to leave Seattle to move to Nashville, where I am today, and part of that was because my mom was widowed and we want to be in a better position to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And I had a partner who said, "Hey, would you be interested in doing something with Christian media?" And and I was initially reticent. Um, only because um, I just I didn't know anything really about Christian media, even though I've been sort of a consumer of it. Didn't know much a lot. I didn't know a lot about it. And yeah. so, as I worked with him, um, one of the people that came and asked us and uh, looking for sort of help in launching a product was Phil Vischer, who created Veggie Tales. Yeah. And Phil had a product called um, Buck Denver Ask What's in the Bible, mm-hmm. and uh, and was looking to get that launched. And um, and it was amazing content. And the question was how we're going to get it to customers. And we, and we launched that as a DVD product, but we primarily were selling it from our own website, what's in the Bible.com. As we're, as we're looking at that, we then recognized, you know, so many people want content digitally. How can we do that? And the, 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 and there were a couple things from my experience at Amazon that I recognize is we really needed to create a place where um, parents could get access to content super easy. And -hmm. that was super convenient for them. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing is we needed to create a business model that actually would allow Christian creatives to get paid. Um, so often as, as, as Christian consumers, we don't necessarily think about the creative on the other side. Right. And a lot of the business models in the marketplace today don't really um, support Christian creatives in a, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so we really wanted to create a company that could create a good ecosystem because one of the challenges for us as Christian parents is we don't really have a lot of resources available to us only because a lot of stuff's not getting made. It's primarily not getting made because there's not a great economy. And we really wanted Jelly Telly to be a platform where parents could have a great experience um, finding great resources for their kids, but then Christian creatives could also find a way to make money so they could make more stuff. So we have a more robust selection of uh, products available to us. That's a really good point. I think we can critique what's coming out uh, for Christians as less than. I know I have critiqued that. But if, you know, this is a, a husband, a wife, a single gal, a single guy, they're out there trying to make a living and then there's no money. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the resources aren't there, then they can't make the high quality things that we're desiring. It's this vicious cycle. Yeah, it's really, 
it's really interesting, Heather, because um, I've I have I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of some of the top creatives in Hollywood who are working for Disney um, or working for some of the major studios, and they actually are desperate to create Christian properties or Christian products. Um, but one of the big challenges is um, because there's not a robust economy in sort of the Christian media space, it's very difficult for them to 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 be able to do some of the things that they want to do. And so um, so to your point. You know, what's interesting is a lot of the stuff that's being made in the Christian marketplace isn't necessarily high quality. And in, in, in why I'd say people are passionate and they want to do a good job, they haven't necessarily had the professional experiences, say, of, of a, 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 someone, a writer in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And so you've got folks who are able to make stuff, but they, they aren't necessarily getting the benefit of sort of established creative infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the folks who actually are really well trained, but we haven't been able to create a financial incentive. You know, as I would say, creatives have to pay the mortgage and put kids through college too and so the best way to do that's to go to hollywood so yeah yeah and then it's hard to to shine a light there and get you know good just good story it doesn't even have to say christian on it anywhere just good story lines for our kids to walk into i grew up going to all the different movies we went to we didn't just do christian things we went to all the movies and we discussed them and my parents gave me a good filter on how to say you know what lined up with what we believe what didn't and just to consume media but spit out what well and you just helped me be a thinker not just like a just a canvas that things stuck to me i was actually picking and choosing what what I would hold on to. And um, there's so many great stories that aren't necessarily Christian. Uh, so it is, it is a very, it's a tricky thing as a mom and we're sitting down and we know I don't want that, you know, that language or that. Um, I remember friends who weren't allowed to watch the Flintstones because Fred was selfish. Mm-hmm. Like just those like <laughs> right. those subtle, I did wasn't allowed to watch ET because of how the kids talk to their mom. There were, there's subtleties in how, people treat each other that as moms and dads we're trying to shape these kids and we don't want those influences on them because we know how media influences us but we also just want to enjoy something together so what what do you what do you feel like you know you've worked hard to provide and maybe that's the that's another part of your story and what motivated you yeah, well, it's interesting. I, I, I love what you're saying um, because I think so much for, for parents, it, it's really difficult because it's like, do, do I only want to expose my children to Christian media or media that's explicitly Christian? And the reality yeah. is there's just not a lot of it. I mean, mm-hmm. VeggieTales is probably the only thing that there's a lot of. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you know, for us, what's interesting is we talk a lot about, you know, what we want to put on Jelly Telly. And, and while we obviously want stuff that is explicitly Christian, we've also talked about just making sure that we've got stuff that's got great stories because, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about, um, you know, like my kids were really impacted by leapfrog, you know, learning their ABCs and one, yeah. two, threes. Yeah. And so, and so to your point, you know, the reality is there, there's, there's great media out there that's not necessarily Christian explicitly, but it's definitely, a, it, there's nothing about it that, that is offensive or um, we take issue with. And to be honest, there's a lot of stuff that's actually, you know, affirms a lot of the values and the character um, traits that we want to see in our kids and in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And so what we're really trying to do, and actually, there's actually been a lot of research recently. We've, we're actually right in the middle of kind of working through this. There's a lot of research recently done on kind of what are the character traits that help 
um, um, people succeed in life, sort of developing concepts of sort of emotional intelligence and grit and resilience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of the really good thinking on this is not necessarily Christian, but it's in sort of mainstream. But it's actually very it, it affirms a lot of what the Bible tells us about human nature and kind of our need for grace and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at what can we ta- do to take some of that, those concepts um, and to be able to apply them in Christian media, but also to develop media that might be available and, and ex- accessible for sort of mainstream parents to kind of help them, you know, uncover and discover biblical truths. And so, you know, the, the goal here is we really want to create media really for two two things. One is we want kids to be able to get a sense of what story they're in, you know, they're in God's story, and so we want to help them have a grasp that there is a God who's um, active and living in our lives, um, and you know, and 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 that that story is the gospel. You know that Jesus Christ has saved us, but also empowering us and partnering with us and living you know great lives. But then the second thing is really trying to provide media that can facilitate great conversations between parents and kids. There's so much research that says it's those conversations like your parents had with you about sort of the movies and the media that you saw yeah. that are so transformational in kind of how our kids interpret the world around them mm-hmm. and the stories they tell themselves. It's really true. I, I could watch, you know, you watch your parents and they model and we are modeling for our kids, but it was the interaction and the requiring me to think and not just let it wash over me that even when Christians <laughs> post things on social media, my filters up, you know, right. I think, does, right. wait a second. I know that's a really big name and the Christian famedom or whatever we've elevated them to some level, but that's not really lining up with what I was taught. And, and I think that we can do our kids a disservice if we just even let them consume any media without conversation. You know. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think one of the things that you comment on social media is, you know, I always say, you know, our lives always look better on social media generally. Yes. <laughs> uh, because, because yes. Our, our edited lives. Yes. And, uh, and, and so what's been interesting to me is also the importance of sort of um, communicating my brokenness and my vulnerability to my kids. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and uh, you know, as we look at media and kind of talk through things, you know, part of it is, is, is our, our, is the media we're watching actually telling things communicating things that are true about life you know like my kids we just recently watched the disney movie mcfarlane um mm. about um kind of the 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 kids that formed the running team in a hispanic community mm-hmm. and and you know there's a lot of grit and resilience that those kids had to have yeah. and and we talked about the fact that you know because they you know my my kids were like man they had really hard lives at home mm. and we kind of talked about that and the fact that you know some kids you know do have those type of experiences experiences. Um, and then, you know, another, and, and in regards to kind of brokenness and vulnerability, you know, my, my um, fifth grader is going through, who just became a sixth grader. Um, when she was in fifth grade, she was talking to me about some of the peer pressure stuff that she was dealing with and how she really didn't feel good enough um, or pretty enough to kind of fit in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I shared with her, you know, when I was in middle school, you know, how my family moved around a lot and how I moved to a new school. And it was really, 
and I, how I struggled to actually fit in and actually got beat up by a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what was interesting, and, and I told her, I said, you know, when you're going, when you're, when you're growing up and going through adolescence, what happens is your, your brain actually tells you a lot of negative stuff. And there's a lot of science that actually says our brains actually have a tendency to be more negative than positive. And in that and, season, uh, in that, in that season? season, well, yeah. actually, in general. In general. In general. Okay, <laughs> I was like, because I feel like it now. So I wonder, yeah. and that's why I was so messed up in junior high. Okay, so in, yeah, just in done, general, our brain is triggered more towards the negative than the positive. Towards the negative than the positive. But what's happening for kids is between like seven, typically until kids are kind of like um, nine or 10 years old, they're sort of in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they're not super self-conscious and they don't get depressed. And, yeah. you know, they're not, you know, it, yeah. but, but adolescence is when the brain is kicking in full gear. Mm-hmm. They're becoming, they're becoming adults. And so what happens at that time is, you know, they start, um, they start dealing with all the negative messages we deal with. Plus they're dealing with it with a whole bunch of peers who are going through all that stuff at the same time. And they're trying and to so, figure out who they are. They haven't sorted out what they, are good at or what they think not a, yeah so not at all, all coming at them at once yeah and the other thing is this is a new experience for them, you know, mm-hmm. so they've not experienced these negative thoughts before. And so they're actually embarrassed and, and, and feel, you know, ashamed oftentimes that they're having them. Mm-hmm. And so, and so as I, you know, was talking to my daughter about my experience and sort of how, you know, even as I run my company dealing with sort of the uncertainty of cash flow and figuring out how we're going to grow, there was sort of a sense of she was like, oh, I'm normal. Yeah, that, that, that that's actually a normal process, and so um, and, and so that's the you know, power of that story you're talking about. Yeah, it's a it's a power of that story. I I um and 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 I'll I'll kind of share another example on kind of the flip side of this is I grew up in a family that really struggled financially, mm-hmm. and um and I was a very gifted student, and so my whole life, you know, a lot of things that I've you know I, the idols in my life that God has had to tear down is sort of a, sort of a success story that mm-hmm. if I'm successful, then you know I've got worth in the world, and so um my daughter, uh, my eldest daughter is actually a really good student, and I was talking her about the fact that, you know, it's easy to get sort of um, hung up on performance. And I just talked about for me, like, like the big thing is, you know, me as financial security is being a provider for our family and, you know, making sure that we make enough money and making sure that the company succeeds. And, and I, you know, I communicated, you know, one of the idols, one of the things I struggled with as a kid um, and even as an adult is, you know, money. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and she turned to me and she said, well, daddy, um, God loves us. Us and our family has love, and and even if things didn't work out financially, I you know I know we'd be okay because we love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I almost I started crying because mm-hmm. there was sort of a sense of here's my daughter who's picking up on this story that I'm trying to communicate about Christ and his love for us. And she's basically telling it back to me mm-hmm. um, and as I deal with kind of my own idolatry and deal with my own insecurities about life. And so that's where I think this is really powerful is that when we live in this concept of story and we're honest about the stories that we're telling ourselves and that we're trying to live, that's where there can be a real powerful connection with kids. Cause we have a tendency oftentimes to think that our kids, don't have spirituality. Mm. Um, and so what's interesting is there's a humanity about all of us that as soon as those kids are starting to grow and experience life, 
they have a spirituality. We may not identify it, may not necessarily recognize it or appreciate it, but there's spirituality there. And I think as a parent, one of the things that we can do is acknowledge our own kids' spirituality and what are they learning about the world and what are they sensing about wonder and what are they sensing about God? Because in many ways, our kids actually understand transcendent things or things that are sort of um, the wonder of life even better than us because for many of us, it's sort of been trained out of us. Mm-hmm. We we. We are so caught up in uh, the needs and the tangibles, like you said, that getting the needs met and how are we going to do that? And like you said, the, that intangible of love and the comfort and really taking us all the way back to the garden, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Adam and Eve were good. They were in God's presence and fully taken care of. And then they went after a lie that they could be like God, which is basically what we're trying to do with our control and our own efforts of that's what the idol is and uh then he even in his kindness says why are you hiding and here's some clothes and you're gonna have to leave this place because if you stay you might stay in this sinful state for eternity if you eat of this tree of life i mean everything he did was compassion and love and care and then he's like okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna make another way and i'm gonna send jesus it's all about him being compassionate and caring and the root of it is love and we keep striving to wait i even have this device right here that's my nemesis that has an apple with a bite out of it on the back which is ironic you know i mean these are these things but exactly your daughter could see it and their imagination we were going to talk about this i think this is a good they kids are so imaginative right I yes. know I know from the development from a speech language pathology background, there's a key aspect in linguistic acquisition where they need to pretend that an object isn't the object. So they can pretend that a block is an apple and, you know, have a little picnic with these pretend things. But that's important so that they can recognize that a word can represent something. And right. so we kind of get so tangible and concrete that we've we lose it. We lose that imagination, that ability we, to pretend. We do, or we t- end up, what I often say, telling ourselves very negative stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because um, I'm always struck by the fact, I've heard a number of people talk about this, that, you know, life events are going to happen, but, but usually what kills us is how we respond to those events, because most of the time we have a tendency to be very negative about those events. Yeah. And so the, the key is, can we can we help our kids understand, you know, I think about James 1, where, you know, it's like invite, you know, challenges and the stressors into your life as friends. <laughs> You know, they're, they're just sort of like that's you know that's so counterintuitive relative yeah. to how we you know, we, we try society. to avoid them at all costs. How can <laughs> exactly. I orchestrate my life so I never have pain and I will leave everything hard? Because that was the message I saw the other day on the internet was just leave it if it's too hard and you it's not working. I think that that is that is our as avoidance of pain, <laughs> right? Avoidance of struggle, avoidance. Right. And this is where I think it's important as we live our lives in the life of our families that, you know, it's important that our media, you know, the media kids get exposed to. It would be ideal if if there's a sense that they can recognize that there's a God who's in the universe who actually is involved and cares deeply about what goes on in their lives every day Mm -hmm. and that we're modeling that in families over dinner um, and throughout the day as we pray and as we read the Bible. Because, you know, part of that is what are they going to imagine? Are they going to imagine that they're going to be a 
alone um, as adults? Are they are they imagining that God is with them, and 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 part of that's helping them develop their own healthy prayer lives and kind of these habits and sort of um, you know things that they're going to do on a daily basis when these things come up. And so the the question is, you know, are they imagining a reality where there's a God that's involved with them daily and and that the Holy Spirit is ready and there present um, for them, or do they imagine that they're alone? Um, and this is not going to work out. And that's where kind of the anxiety and the depression can kick in in sort of middle school or, or in adolescent years. So how have you helped your daughters with that? I did a project with uh, uh, Henry Cloud and John Townsend a number yeah. of years ago. <laughs> and, and, and John Townsend, one of the questions I asked John is I said, can you be a good parent and your kids end up screwed up? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. said, absolutely. Yeah. He said, he said, you know, because they get to make choices. Um, and, and so much of life, he said, the, t- the real tension with being parents is we want control and our kids want independence. Mm. And so, and so, you know, the real challenge is as the kids get older, they want more independence and, and, and we actually want the same amount of control. Mm. And so, um, and so as I kind of look at that with my kids, there's sort of a sense of, as they are developing greater independence, what can I do to expose them to things that we can have good conversations about? Part of that's just talking about life. And so, you know, we, we, you know, every night at dinner, we, we have this thing of kind of what was your high and what was your low for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, what that does is it, it sort of develop and, and, you know, my wife and I participate as well. So what's great about that is it helps our kids recognize, Hey, mommy and daddy have lows too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're sort of working through that. And know there are times that people irritate them and, and they get frustrated. Um, the, the other is sort of what your, your parents did with you with media. So, um, you know, one of the things that, that we, we do is we, we're using jelly telly and what's in the Bible um, to kind of help the kids, help the girls understand sort of the, the, met, the meta narrative of sort of the whole story of the Bible. And so, you know, we try to talk through that and, and we try to highlight also, you know, it's so easy to talk about the Bible and very kind of everybody's perfect and, and people are so faithful. But the reality is, if you look at a lot of the Old Testament um, saints, they made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And so we kind of talk through that, you know, like, you know, did, you know, did Abraham trust God he- here? No, but did he trust God here? Yes. Is that kind of like our life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There mm-hmm. are times we trust God, other times we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elijah, he can just see God move in an amazing way and shoot fire down from heaven that even burns up the rocks. And the next moment he's lying under a tree saying, just let me die. Just let me die. That's actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible. (laughs) Yes. I just had to teach it to three-year-olds. So yeah, I just, I just got to, to boil it down for three-year-olds. Yeah. I think, uh, it's all, it's all, you know, really not that we have to have the exact right thing entering our home, but like you said, we need to recognize we can't off put this to, a Christian X, Y, and Z, a church program or a, a Christian school or, a, you know, we, this is, this is part of the privilege of getting to raise children. And in the ages your girls are and the ages my boys are, we actually have a voice. <laughs> they yeah. actually want to talk to us. And um, my nemesis again is this phone that I find myself distracted on to where when they try to engage those conversations, I'm not available. So the challenge for me is to be present and aware and uh, making the time to provide those opportunities 
like you said, dinner. Well, that requires me to meal plan, and that just requires not overstacking our schedule so we aren't all sitting together. You know, we need there, – there are actual intentional things to help foster that availability and just being in the car and not being so distracted that I'm not engaging. For boys, it's a lot of shoulder-to-shoulder time where conversations yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, what have you found is, like you said, the dinner time is helpful for conversation and around media. What does that look like for you guys in your home? Do you all sit down and watch a show and then talk about, I mean, what what kind of setup do you do when you're? Yeah, so the, the, the big thing for us is we do uh, we do kind of a family movie night on Fridays. Yeah. And so um, so it's pizza and a movie. Yes. And uh, and so, you know, everybody sort of fights for kind of <laughs> what movie they want to oh, watch. Oh, my stars. Yes. Yes. Do you <laughs> and, have a system uh, for that? Can we just solve that right here? Because not, like, thankfully we all like the same kind of pizza. So we're not dealing with that struggle too, but the picking the movie. Yes. Yes. We have the same issue. Yeah. So uh, everyone likes the same kind of pizza, but uh, the movie is the hard part, yeah. but we haven't figured that out. But what's been really good about that is, you know, it, it's kind of a nice ending of the, of the week and it's really become this ritual for the, for the, our family. And so, you know, if we don't do it, the girls are really upset or kind of like, why aren't we doing it? Or can we do it tomorrow? You can we do it Saturday night? And so um, that's, that's really kind of been the, the big thing for us um, as, as from a media standpoint as a family. Now, one of the things that I try to do with them is I try to look at what can I do to take different types of media to communicate the same thing. And so, and so, um, like we use the action Bible, which is almost like a graphic novel, um, for the Bible. Yeah. Yep. And then, then, you know, sometimes we'll do the Jesus storybook Bible, but then other times I'll use what's in the Bible from a video standpoint. And so what, what's interesting is by kind of mixing it up, the girls are getting stimulated in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also pick up different things. And so by kind of mixing those things up, um, you know, and, 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 you know, this is one of the benefits for us with Jelly Telly is, you know, and to your point about practices and sort of developing sort of ha- habits, you know, we were trying to do family devotion after dinner. And, and what I recognize is, you know, I've got a middle schooler now. And so we're balancing band and martial arts. And yeah. so it just wasn't working. So we're like, okay, we're going to just, we're going to have, you know, some, some time right before we go to bed mm-hmm. to, to pray and talk about the Bible because, you know, we know we're doing that every night and we've got time and it sort of relaxes everybody, calms everybody down. And so, and that's where we'll use an iPhone or use a tablet and, um, and look at, um, you know, something from, you know, what's in the Bible or some of the other um, shows that we have on Jelly Telly, or we'll look at the action Bible or look at the Jesus storybook Bible um, to kind of mix it up. And, 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 and it's, and what's been interesting is to see how the girls respond because there's a sense of they actually like the physical book, but there's a time they get bored with that. And so we kind of mix it up and move to video and then back and forth. And so those are the things that have been really helpful. The, the other thing that I've really tried to do is dad, because I think one of the things for, for dads, it's so hard because mom usually gets a lot of the high quality kind of um, shoulder to shoulder time that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've tried to do, and, and actually it was from um, my business and running my business that I kind of learned this is, you know, the, the, the health of our culture here as as a company is really based on our relationships with one another. Mm 
Um, and what I recognize is I have a tendency to kind of think of my, you know, I was thinking my team as a team versus, hey, it's actually five individuals that I care about and need to develop individual relationships with. And as I looked at that, I thought, you know, it's so easy for me to talk about my girls as the girls. Um, huh. and, and, and I don't necessarily think about what does it mean? What's my relationship with Greta like? What's my relationship with Elena like? What's my relationship with Gabby like? And so one of the things that I've done is I've started kind of a practice where I try to take one of them out either for, you know, ice cream or for dinner once a week. Um, and, you know, and if I can, I try to, to do, do it twice a week. So I, I get to spend more time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's been interesting about that one-on-one time is it gives me some, you know, side by side, but also face to face time, um, just to connect with them and, and have a conversation with them. And, and so often I think we can get so busy where we actually don't, well, I know for myself, I don't have those conversations. Yeah. It's sort of I'm in family management mode. Yeah. Uh, and it's been those times where stuff comes up or they feel the ability to share things that they typically, you know, otherwise wouldn't share as a part of what we're doing at dinner or what we're doing in the family or what they want to share about their siblings. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times there's stuff that comes up about their siblings. Sometimes it's really positive, um, but they, they it just feels awkward to share in sort of, you know, a family setting. Yeah. And there's space. Yeah. Like you said, sometimes even, uh, I've mentioned on the show, my dad used to do donut dates with me every other week. So it wasn't even the frequency of it. It was the consistency of it that I knew was coming so that I knew, well, I'm going to have that time to tell my dad this. And to know that I had his ear or that space was really helpful just in not feeling alone in that or, um, Feeling heard as a child, especially a girl where relationship and communication is high uh, value for them. And I think that's great. That's a good advice. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more God-centered dads listening to this episode <laughs> that don't normally listen. The wives are going to like do the elbow. Um, yeah. Well, your yeah. parents sound like they were great parents. They they did the two sets of kids thing. There was, you know, same marriage, but had kids really young and then had kids in their older life so they could do a do-over. <laughs> Yeah, my older siblings are great. No, but they just got different kinds of parents. And I think my parents were uh, really intentional the second time around, um, which I got to benefit from. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But those but what I my main point, I think I tell a lot of moms or parents is uh, it's what we do repetitively that they remember. You know, it doesn't mean that each time has to be right or each experience has to be perfect. It's just family dinners overall. Is that a thing? Or like you said, movie night overall. Is that a thing? I remember we had Cosby show night, which there's controversy there now, but we, we did. It was like Thursday night. I knew we would be together and it was just time to enjoy and laugh together. Um, so what is your, what's your tradition? I met with a gal from our church, not our church, our school. She has this great, it's family tree traditions, like a tree, like a pine tree. <laughs> she has all these great products to help families just come together and have a thing that they do regularly. Mm-hmm. And she gave me these cute pumpkins to hang up around our house. Mm-hmm. And they have a trick and a treat. And the trick is basically a lie that Satan tells us. And a, and a mm-hmm. treat is the truth. And I just kind of pulled them out and I had them and the boys were around and I read off a trick and it created such a great conversation. Um, the, the trick that Satan tells us is that we're alone. And then it had the truth that God said, be strong, courageous from I'm with you. And it was just a great conversation that we had in the moment of me pulling these little pumpkins out. So there's so many options and opportunities and as parents just taking the time, uh, to put them in first. 
and to sign up for things like Jelly Telly and, uh, and, and make these traditions in our home. Well, and Heather, what I what I love about what you like the pumpkin um, uh, uh, ideas are, it really it goes back to kind of what I was talking about with imagination, and yeah. I use this metaphor of jazz improvisation a lot. So mm. when you're around jazz and pro, um, people who engage in uh, jazz improvisation, there's a sense that oh, it's so random and you know it's all over the place. And and granted, a great improviser is using their imagination, but they're sort of um, the, the one thing that's easy to forget is the reason they're such great improvisers is because they know the basics so well. Mm-hmm. And so you know they're doing their scales and they're doing sort of these basic um, habits or practices to become really really good at jazz when they're in a context that's dynamic, um, one that. Requires requires improvisation, they can actually be really, really good at it. Um, and, and so, you know, what's interesting, like, you know, the, the, the pumpkin thing, uh, is, is this sense of, you know, there's a sense of, we have to understand the basics of the Bible to understand even the concepts that we need to be communicating in the stuff that we're doing, but we can improvise. We can come up with new ideas to help people ex- get exposed to truths and encounter truths. And I think one of the things that's so challenging for our, our kids as they grow up is technology is changing so rapidly. And so there's a sense that they actually really need to know the basics well, and I think it's the practices and the habits that we get in that allow them to have that. But then as they encounter, you know, self-driving cars and, and some of the things, yeah. cultural changes, what does faithfulness look like? Well, there's a sense they're going to have to step out in faith and do some stuff that we d- haven't had to do growing mm-hmm. up because the life that they're living is very different than the life that we've lived. And so there's a sense of helping them understand what faithful risk-taking looks like um, and, and what does it mean to be sort of grounded in the basics so when they step out and do something that they've never done before or counter to situations they've never done before, that they're, that, that they're going to make sort of a tiny step in the right direction. may not be the right decision, um, but, but at least there's sort of a sense of I'm learning kind of this practice of faithfulness based on these basics that mom and dad had in our home. That's great. I think it's a good challenge for us and a reminder to know our basics, like you're saying, so that. I can improvise in those conversations with my boys. If I don't have truth to pull from because I haven't done my own part in my faith journey, then I can't, I can't transfer it to them. I don't need to have the exact right words, but if I have words, they'll, God will give me the ability to improvise and be creative in the moment and yeah, to, I, I, to do that for our kids that they can do it. That's great. Yeah, I love this quote um, by um, um, uh, Joseph Chilton Pierce. It, it, it's, what we are teaches the child more than what we say. So mm-hmm. we must be what we want our children to become. Wow. That is, yep, that's it. That's it. That's the God-centered mom. That's the, <laughs> don't, <laughs> Amen. Look, don't look over here, over there. Just look up. Get get right with him and, and, then, uh, and then it'll fall into place. Man. So great. You know, Eric, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and such good wisdom with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Heather. Real pleasure. It's been a delight. All right. And y'all, you, you've heard about Jelly Telly. Go look it up. GodCenterMom.com backslash Jelly Telly. All right. Thanks, Eric. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Heather. Bye. Right, bye. So after I talked to Eric, I immediately had a fun lunch date with my husband. And on it, I said, you know, 
Eric's right. I do a lot of group management. Everybody get in the car and go to soccer practice. Everybody, it's time to go to school. Everybody, it's time to do homework. I don't get a lot of one-on-one time with my kids in different seasons I have. And we were home a lot and I tried mommy time, which uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you are a mom of young kids, that was something really helpful for me to get one-on-one time with each of my kids, but I'm just not getting it these days. And I've tried, I think I had another guest on uh, the 21 ways easier way 21 easier ways um bonnie bonnie griner i had bonnie griner on and it reminded me i needed one-on-one time and i just did not implement it but idea my husband and i came up with since we have four boys and there's typically four weeks and a month we thought well let's do each boy gets one-on-one time per week and we'll just do in order of their ages so my oldest his week is the first week of the month second second week of the month it's not perfect they're not getting huge amounts of time, but it's better than what we're doing right now. And then I also just what I got from what Eric said is every moment matters with our kids. We are influencing their theology every day, whether they believe that God is with them or their walk alone, whether we they believe that God is for them. Every little piece of their formation of what is the kingdom of God is happening from our words and our conversations. So to be intentional with that, And not saying that you have to only watch Christian shows, but to realize that when we watch a story or we get involved in a story, whether it's through literature or it is through um, media on a screen, we can talk about it and it can help our kids form their theology. I just was really encouraged by Eric's vulnerability and his, uh, his sharing his weak places with his children so that they could could identify and share their own weak places. I hope you were encouraged. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget, special podcast bonus about the GCM Podcast Club. Check it out. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom Podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to godcenteredmom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.